wait is over. Is over. Ladies and gentlemen, from the studios in the wrestling capital of the South, it's another terrific episode of The Binge Buster Show. Please welcome your host, Tony Binge. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Binge Buster Show. Happy New Year to all my great Binge Buster listeners out there uh, on the podcast. Uh, It is... uh, January 2021, uh, what a great time or a crazy time uh, to be living. Um, th- today, as we re- record this podcast, uh, we, we the news was blowing up, uh, and we'll get into that in just a second. But before I can do that, I got to bring on my co-host. I'm talking about Chris Plano. Chris, Happy New Year. Boy, happy new year, terrific Tony. 2021 is here, and, and a happy new year to all the, all the fans listening to us each and every week. Uh, we can finally put a, a, a bookend on 2020 and, and, and look forward in 2021, and I'm excited to be a part of this program this week. And, uh, and not only the topic we're talking about tonight, but uh, things happening uh, uh, fluidly today uh, throughout the United States. Yeah, and in case you were uh, living under a rock or not, not watching television, uh, we had uh, the uh, the uh, Senate was uh, meeting today to uh, determine the uh, presidency, and uh, during that time, the protesters um, pretty much took over the the Capitol building, right, Chris? Yes, they they did. I what started out as a uh, as a, a rally. Uh, earlier today in Washington, D.C., that was a, a planned rally um, around 10, 11 o'clock this morning, which uh, started out peaceful. And the afternoon uh, progressed. Uh, things escalated at the U.S. Capitol where, um, you know, ralliers and, and protesters and rioters and uh, took over the U.S. Capitol, the, the, the steps of the Capitol buildings. There's several uh, entrance and exits way there that they took over and made their way from what I gather right through the main entrance, um, you know, into the rotunda area of the U S Capitol and senators went fleeing and security everywhere, but you know, FBI, state, local police, national guard. And, um, this day is not going to go down as a great day in, in history for the United States. Uh, um, um, this is definitely going to have some backlash, I would say. Yeah, it's definitely going to, um, it's going to be, you know, and the thing that got that got me, Chris, I saw a few pictures posted of some of these protesters that broke into the uh, to the building. Uh, pretty much looked like they were posing on Nancy Pelosi's desk uh, and a few other desks there. Um, unfortunately for them, they were they weren't wearing masks, and uh, I'm sure uh, there there there's going to be a big fine, to, a big price to pay uh, for uh, for trespassing. Oh yeah, well, without a doubt, uh, obviously uh, facial identification and, and and recognition and that that kind of stuff. And I think someone was even sitting in Vice President uh, Pence's chair on on the Senate floor, and uh, you know it was just craziness and, and technology today. Uh, you, you know, with social media uh, recording, uh, whatever people are using for their platform, things are it's it's a very fluid situation and on top of the media covering it and, and you know you, you, you flick to the different media stations 
and you kind of get the same reporting from them, but also they have their own twisted angles they put on it, um, you know, as well. So, um, you know, and, and unfortunately, you, you know, as we heard a little while ago, someone, you know, was shot and, and ended up dying through this, and it was just a lot going on in a short period of time, and you, and you kind of, if you take a half step back, you kind of almost wonder, could this have been uh, avoided? I, I, you know, I don't know, but definitely not a good day in American history when they were, um, you know, going to put the affirmation on, on the presidency and the election and, and, and confirming, you know, Joe Biden. Yeah, and uh, incidentally, why, uh, why, while we're recording this, I just got a notification, Chris. I don't know if, if, if you've seen this yet, but um, President Trump, um, has been blocked from from um, from posting on Facebook for the next twenty four hours. Wow, that's that is just crazy. Just you know, even whether it's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever platform it is, they're taking their own measures here, and 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 probably just for their own own safety and and just image, you know, as as a company. Yeah. Um, you know, as well. And, uh, you know, you know, this is, this is going to be talked about for a very, very, very long time. Um, this is going to spill over into the inauguration two weeks from today and it's going to spill over for, you know, a lot longer. Uh, you know, you know, Donald Trump was the one that came up with this idea for this rally strategically on this day when he knew that they were confirming the electoral college vote and, they were going to confirm, you know, Joe Biden as the next president of the United States. And, you know, and now this is what we have. And it's a, it's a black mark, uh, you know, on, on Washington, D.C. And, and, and also, I believe, our American government. Yeah, for sure. Uh, now, uh, moving on to another little subject that is still, uh, you know, tough to talk about uh, is uh, our governor here in North Carolina, uh, he, he, uh, had a, um, press conference today and stated that, uh, we are still going to be, uh, in phase three, right, Chris? Correct. Yes. We heard, um, from our governor, uh, elect who will be taking on another term here as well in a couple of weeks. Uh, uh Roy Cooper, uh, we will be in phase three for, uh, for three more weeks until, um, Friday, January 29th, at least at five o'clock. And, uh, Dr. Mandy Cohen was on, um, as well with the state, uh, department of health and human services as well. And, uh, uh, you know, yes, we are still in phase three, still under a curfew every night at 10 PM. Like you and I, you know, we'll, we'll be home this evening. And, um, but the good thing is vaccines are coming. Vaccines are on the way and, and the vaccine distribution has begun. Um, really this week, it's really ramped up here in North Carolina. They've, they've gotten through, uh, uh the frontline healthcare workers and now are moving into phase 1A, um, as well and into, and into 1B, which is vaccinating those 75 years of age or older. And then we will be going through a multi-tiered four to five phase process. So hopefully it's get us all vaccinated. There are as many vaccinated as possible, but still how long that's going to take really remains, you know, you know, to be seen at this point because the vaccines are here, though the, the process may not be as quick as we want it. Yeah. Um, we just, we just, we just have to keep pushing forward and trying to, uh, you know, as much as, as we all get upset about the whole, 
you know, uh, you know, the crazy thing about right now in this world is, is we're not just fighting the COVID-19. Now we're fighting over who is going to be the, the president. Um, and a lot of, um, a lot of emotions are high. We just got to try to, uh, let cooler heads prevail, uh, and, uh, and keep, um, washing our hands and wearing our mask and social distancing. And I think, uh, you know, we can, we can beat this, but we're going to have to work together, uh, to make that happen for sure. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be a team effort. And, uh, you know, we've been, I can't believe we're not nine, 10 months now deep into this. And, uh, you know, it's, it, it's tough. It's tough each and every day. And, and you're right. It's everything else going on and everything that's happened in 2020, you know, it's just, you know, I think just the, you know, the country is at a, is at a simmering point overall. I think it's been at a simmering point now for, for a while. And uh, hopefully we can get through this. And so I think it is going to take a, a good number of months ahead of us to, to, to really come out of this, hopefully on, on the other end and, and be stronger. Yeah, for sure. Well, uh, fans, that's, that's going to wrap it up this week for our current events. Uh, now we are going to get to what everyone tunes into, uh, which is the binge buster show. As we talk classic, uh, professional wrestling, uh, all mostly last year on the podcast on season two, uh, we mostly spoke mostly about NWA mid Atlantic wrestling, uh, the Carolinas, a little bit of WWE. Um, but, uh, I think, uh, in, uh, in 2021, uh, we're, we're going to go a little different route instead of breaking down, uh, a whole show. Uh, we're going to start off this week. Um, the, uh, for the whole, actually not just, not, not just this week, but the whole month of January, we are going to be focusing on a territory who Chris, I feel like, uh, was way ahead of their time in the eighties. Um, I'm talking about none other than world-class championship wrestling, that came out of Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas area. Uh, it was owned by Jack Atkinson, which is better known as Fritz Von Erich. Uh, it began as a territory of the National Wrestling Alliance, but went independent in 1986 to try and become a major national promotion. Uh, but eventually, uh, all the attempts failed, and it went out of business in 1990. But tonight, uh, to get our uh, series started... Um, I thought, Chris, we, 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 we done this on our last podcast and I thought we'd do it again on this one, but since world, world-class championship wrestling was such a, a hot promotion in the eighties, uh, I thought you and I could take our three favorite matches or moments, uh, that to us made this company stand out to us and made us start watching it. Um, and I, I thought we, 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 we might break that down and talk about that on this week's podcast. Absolutely. I, I, I have to admit, you know, growing up as a teenager up in the Northeast, we actually had access to world-class championship wrestling via ESPN uh, once a week, and, and that's how I really got my Texas fix, as I could say, and, and, and really being exposed to, to you know, the, to the Von Erichs and, and, and all the wrestlers, that, you know, when you go to Chris Adams and, and Gino Hernandez and the, and, um, the Missing Link and just everyone across the board, I'm missing and the Freebirds. It was awesome stuff, and it was it was great each and every week to watch them when I had that opportunity too. Yeah, uh, I remember uh, what 
when I was a kid growing up, I, you know, I was kind of secluded. Uh, we didn't have cable yet. Uh, we just had basic, uh, basic channels and back in the eighties. And I know we talked about this a little bit on, um, previous podcasts, but, um, for me, you know, you get up in the morning on Saturday and I, after I watch my Saturday morning cartoons about 10 o'clock, uh, AM back then, uh, I started getting my wrestling fix. Okay. So at first, let me, let me rewind it for a second. Uh, prior to, uh, learning about world-class championship wrestling in the WWF, uh, I only knew about mid Atlantic wrestling, uh, because that, that, that came on at noon, uh, here, um, in the Carolinas. And, uh, uh, I'd watch that, you know, with my grandfather and my dad, um, but one day I was, you know, watching Saturday morning cartoons, and for whatever reason, I remember that um, that the uh, the cartoon I was watching for whatever reason that the channel wasn't working for some reason. So I decided to change the channel and find another cartoon because I knew I had a couple hours before wrestling came on, and I turned the channel to a channel, and I grew up in the Greensboro, North Carolina area, uh, and so our channels that we got there came out of Greensboro and uh high point and i happened to turn the channel to a channel called 45 um and i can't remember the call letters back then but i do know it was channel 45 and it was a little after 10 o'clock and i turn on and i see none other than the uh incredible hulk hogan and you know we talked about this on our podcast before but i see hulk hogan uh rolling up uh or cradling the Iron Sheik, and I'm like, whoa, wait a minute, what is, is, is this more wrestling? And I stopped it, and I was like, oh my god! So I start watching it, and then it it was on for an hour, and it was Superstars of Wrestling with uh, uh, Vince McMahon and um, uh, Bruno San Martino uh, were the commentators on that show, and um, I watched that, and then it went off, and then as soon as it went off. Um, I heard that the the famous uh, the, the the famous entry song, which is this. I heard that and I said, like, "Whoa, that looks pretty good." And then I see the the word wrestling. I'm like, "Wait a minute, more wrestling's coming on." And then that's that's when I got turned on to um, world class championship wrestling. And on that show, they were showing highlights from the David Von Erich. Uh, actually, it wasn't David Von Erich. Um, it was it was the, uh, the the big show from the Cotton Bowl, uh, and the first match I ever saw from World Class Championship Wrestling was the feud, uh, and 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 this is going to be my my first match I choose, but it was from the Cotton Bowl in 1984, May the 19th was the date, uh, but it was gorgeous Jimmy Garvin with Precious taking on gentleman Chris Adams with Sunshine. And I watched this match, and I'm like, "Holy moly, these guys are insane!" And from that moment, I was I was addicted to uh, to wrestling. <laughs> Not only did I get my Mid Atlantic wrestling fix at noon, but now I've got three other hours of wrestling I can watch. So my next door neighbors and all my friends in my neighborhood they would get so mad because they would come and knock on the door and be like, "Can Tony come out and play?" Mom's like, yeah, but he probably won't because he's watching wrestling. And that, that's how it was, man. From, you know, I get up, my, my Saturday morning routine was I get up and eat my uh, favorite cereal. And then I would turn on the TV and watch a few cartoons. 
But at 10 o'clock, man, it was wrestling from 10 a.m. to to 1 p.m. I was glued to the TV, and you wasn't pulling me away for anything. Boy, those were the days, and I don't think it will ever be like that anymore. And, uh, uh, you you know, for me, when, when, you know, I was, we were, we had the WWF so drilled at us each and every week up in the Northeast, you know, back then. When I saw wrestling from other parts of the country, i.e., on WTBS with the NWA once a week, and then world-class. It was like, it intrigued me because I was seeing different wrestlers and even somewhat different style of wrestling and different personalities. And, and it was it was great because it was like, I'll probably never get to see them live, but I get to see them on television. And, and still back then I was running to the, to the uh, you know, to, to the store as well for the monthly magazines. And, and, and world-class got a heck of a lot of coverage in the magazines as well in, in the 80s along with the NWA and that was really how you got your fix to what was going on week to week and month to month. Yeah, uh and and back you know back and, and at this time cable was just starting to it was, was starting to peak mm-hmm. but it hadn't but but you know it hadn't completely, you know, blew up yet uh like it you know eventually would but um but any event uh we you know we're sitting here and uh doing the um uh watching our wrestling shows and everything and uh but but until cable really took off that is when wrestling really really um for me uh got um you know down downright exciting because uh, now you you got more hours and you know chris the one thing that um that that really makes me mad was uh, when I was a little kid, my dad would always tell me, he was like, son, I know you like wrestling. Okay. I know you like it, but that's not the only thing on TV to right. watch. <laughs> and I told my dad, I said, dad, one of these days, I'm going to figure out a way to make one channel do nothing but show wrestling. And he's like, that'll never happen, son. I'm like, dad, it will. I promise. I, I'm going to figure out a way to come up, make, make my own television channel. Where all you do is wrestling twenty four hours a day, and lo and behold, <laughs> thirty years later, we got the WWE Network. <laughs> right, you know, right, I, and it's like I get mad. I'm like, I had that vision. I had that vision in night. I should have called Vince, you know. But you know, it's just crazy how. Um, but, but back then, it, it was so good. But getting back to World Class Championship Wrestling, um, they were so far ahead of their time. Um, I, one of the things I liked about them is how they would do their, um, their promos. And of course we're, we're, we're going to podcast and cover this, but I just want to touch on it real quick. Um, is how, you know, all the other, uh, wrestling companies had their little backdrop and then they'd have the wrestlers come in and they would, they would do their promos and that's how it'd be. But world-class, they, they, they had their wrestlers as characters, um, and they would have these promos. Like I remember seeing promos with the Freebirds, and they they they'd be in a bar, um, and then then they they would do um, promos with the Von Erichs, and they they'd be on their ranch, you know. So it was almost like they the the promos were done like in their environment versus you know in a TV studio. Yeah, and, and again, I think just a, a, a different element for for the fans, and also I think it you know. The, the scenery that they used with the wrestlers, especially their, their marquee names, it was really, uh, you, you know, creating a scene, creating a setting, uh, uh, and even probably to a storyline as well versus 
in studio. And I think it also made it even a little more personal, too. It got you to know the wrestlers and, and, and really where they came from versus just seeing them, you know, in the ring. Yeah. Day. So they were trying different things. And, and, you know, and even back then for world class to get on. And, and for some of our viewers who know sports today on television, what ESPN showed professional wrestling? Yes, they did. Back in the mid eighties, they did. Sure did. They were experimenting themselves as a, as a company in its infancy stages of what's going to work. And for world class to get on ESPN at that time, which was nationwide was really broadcasting themselves into, into markets that they probably never even imagined they were going to, they were going to touch just from being on there, you know, once a week. Yeah, and 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 I really liked it. But one of the things about World Class Championship Wrestling was if you go back and watch it, a lot of the guys that came through there became huge stars with WWE or WCW or NWA. Um, but uh, but 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 they really got their start there in uh, in World Class. Now, Chris, I, I mentioned my my uh, my my first match, Jimmy Garvin versus Chris Adams. What was yours? I mean, I, I've got three listed here, um, and I do have a fourth one I do want to touch on, but I've got three listed. They do kind of intertwine to an extent of when I look at world class, what was maybe their three best moments and, when, and a couple that resonate with me. But I'm going to go, um, let's see. I'm trying to see where on the board I want to go first with this. I, I'm going to go, you know, the one that resonates with me the most I, I got to go to the Parade of Champions in '85 when, when Flair took on Kerry Von Erich in Texas Stadium. Yeah, that is, uh, that's a great it, match. That that's the match. That's you know Fritz Von Erich was a member of the NWA World Class Championship Wrestling was a member of the NWA prior to them breaking off and and going independent. But the world title, the NWA World Title, would be defended once or twice a year in Texas. And that particular day, there was over 50,000 at Texas Stadium. And here comes Ric Flair to town with the NWA World Championship. And people knew when Flair was coming to town with the title, you know, it was going to be on. And, and obviously the emotion, you know, with the Von Erichs, um, you know, and the Von Erichs family. We could have a whole episode on the Von Erichs family. The ESPN actually did an episode on the, on the Von Erichs as well, but, uh, you know, Kerry Von Erich winning, winning the title at Texas Stadium, um, you know, defeating Ric Flair, um, you know, that was, you know, I almost have to say world-class may have been, you know, at its, almost at its peak at that point, um, you know, but 50,000 at Texas Stadium in 1985, uh, I think any wrestling promotion <laughs> would take that on any day for an outdoor event. Yeah, for sure, and, and, and I remember watching that, and uh, by that time, I you know I'd I'd seen a couple of uh, WWE shows um, or WWF, and of course NWA. Uh, and during that time, Mid Atlantic Championship Wrestling that would come on, they really wasn't doing shows in major arenas or taping their TV. Uh, it, it was all like in studios, so you would have maybe a hundred people, two hundred people in the crowd. Same thing with WWE. Um, and I'm like, wow, they, these guys from Texas, man, they're having, they got a lot of people watching them. Um, so, you know, I was kind of green to, to the whole, to the whole thing about doing shows in big areas, but, uh, but man, world-class, they were so far beyond their, their time. Um, 
Now, uh, another match to me that, that, that got my attention and made me first start liking this team uh, was the feud between the Midnight Express, Loverboy Dennis, and Beautiful Bobby uh, against the Fantastics. Boy, what, what can you say? I mean, <laughs> you get those four in the ring and, you know, you're going to get a stellar match, <laughs> you know, no matter where you have it on the card. No matter what city it might be in on any given night, and I mean, uh, the Fantastics were over, man. I mean, I, you know, oh man, what, what can you say? Great wrestling and and, and 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 microphone skills on both sides as well, and and the fans ate this stuff up. I mean, they just ate it up. They knew they were going to get their money's worth every every night. Yeah, and uh, and and it, and it was such a hot feud too between the uh, two teams, and I remember. Uh, seeing the Midnight Express there in World Class, and then seeing the Rock and Roll Express uh, in Mid Atlantic, and I always said, "Man, if those two teams ever wrestled each other, it'd be nuts." Because at that time, I didn't know about Mid Mid South because I never got, I never saw any Mid South wrestling until uh, I got the network. It just didn't come on, uh, you know, here uh, where I lived. But um, but I but I said, man, Midnight Express. If they wrestled the Rock Express, that that'd be an amazing match. And I remember when they first came into Crockett territory and they jumped the Rock Express. And I'm like, oh man, it's about to take off now. I'm actually going going to get to see this team that I always wanted to see uh, wrestle each other. Uh, and man, I had no idea just how great their their feud really was going to be. But the the uh, the uh, stepping stone. Um, uh, for me, it was definitely the men I expressed this view with the Fantastics there in uh, or in world class. Now, what was your second match, Chris? Boy, you know, I, and I think you might know where I'm leading with this, but, you know, I'm going to stick with the same two in the ring, but go back a few years earlier to uh, Christmas Star Wars and in December 82. In the cage, you know, Ric Flair and Kerry Von Erich, which was for the NWA World Championship with Michael Hayes, a special guest referee. Yes. That I don't think anyone saw coming other than that it was going to be a World Championship match. Kerry Von Erich had the chance to win it that night. Michael Hayes was going to call it right down the middle. But little did anyone know off of this particular match that really kind of saved Flair in the match, and, uh, and, and, and Flair was busted wide open in this particular match, um, turned into probably the biggest money-making feud for world-class championship wrestling over the next couple of years off of this particular card. Yeah, it was kind of like the, the shot heard around the world um, that we're talking about. Uh, Hayes and, and, uh, and at the time, Michael Hayes and... Uh, Terry Gordy uh, were the only freebirds there in in, uh, in world class, and they were baby faces. And uh, Michael Hayes was the, right the special referee, uh, and Terry Gordy was the holder of the key of the cage to keep uh, anybody out um, and make this thing a straight up right down the middle match. Uh, and then there at the end, Michael Hayes was trying to uh, pull uh, Flair off of. Uh, off of off of Kerry, he ends up getting pissed and punching Flair, and told Terry cover him. and And Kerry's like, "No, I'm not doing that. That's cheating. I'm not." 
and then Hayes uh, gets mad. But then what, what they don't see is uh, Terry Gordy and Kerry Von Erich are in the cage uh, at the cage door, and um, Ric Flair comes and gives um, Kerry Von Erich the knee to the back, which in turn hits Michael Hayes and... Uh, when Kerry uh, reaches, looks out the cage door to check on uh, Michael Hayes, that's when Terry Gordy slams the cage on um, Kerry's head, uh, and then that's that right there is what started the feud between the Von Erichs and the Freebirds, which incidentally goes to my my uh, my my third and final match that I picked um, is the it wasn't just one match. I mean, it seemed like every time the Freebirds and Von Erichs got together. Uh, it was amazing, but um, if, if I had to pick one match, it would be the the Von Erichs versus the Freebirds at the David Von Erich Memorial uh, in nineteen eighty eighty four, um, when uh, Flair uh, actually uh, Kerry Von Erich um, was uh, was there. Uh, he, he wasn't in this match, but Fritz came out of retirement to take on the Freebirds. And what I liked best about that one was there, it was a bad street match. They didn't have a world six man tag team belts. They had a trophy, uh, and the Freebirds carried the trophy out, but they, they had them really cool bad street USA t-shirts that looked like a ripoff of the Michael Jackson thriller t-shirt. <laughs> Remember that? Remember that shirt? But, yeah. uh, but it was a cool logo and, um, and, but, but man, that match was bloody gory and it was just, and and you knew when that match was over that wasn't the the end of the Von Erich Freebird feud, uh, and really if you go back and look at World Class Championship Wrestling, that feud is really what put that territory on the map. I think. Yeah, I would, I would, I would say so. Um, I, I mean, it was just so over. You, you know, you you have the Freebirds. I mean, it didn't matter what combination of the Von Erichs that they were taking on in the ring, whether it be tag team, six man, uh, you know, what I loved about, I, you know, and I don't think people realize if you watched world class back in the day, how over Fritz von Eric was. Oh yes. Uh, I, 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 even though people realize, yeah, he's retired, he's in retirement, but every time he stepped through the ropes and he was fired up, those fans were going crazy because they just knew that this guy is old school and he's going to toss these boys around the ring. Well, if yeah, and, and 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 that particular match, if you go back and watch it, when whenever he puts the claw on Michael Hayes, that mm-hmm. fifty thousand people popped at the same time. Right, right, and you just never, you know, and and the Von Erichs were just so over. I mean, they were all of them, all mm-hmm. of them. You know, though I I want to say I think people, you know, when you look at Kevin. And carry, I mean, but they were all over. I mean, it didn't matter who they were even wrestling in the ring. They had so many women chasing them. It was, it was crazy. It was absolutely nuts. It's almost like when you know you look at Flair. You know, you know, going from city to city. Uh huh. In Texas, the Von Erichs had girls chasing them in every town they went to. Everywhere they went. Probably over the Mexican border uh-huh. as well. But that was what it was all about, and they were the ones that were selling the tickets. Yeah. Um, you know, and, uh, and, and the storylines worked and they, but the free birds with, without a doubt, you know, and then you bring in buddy Roberts, you know, and, and six man. And, and really I look at them as the adventures of kind of the six man tag team belts. And, mm-hmm. and that's really what got me into six man tag team wrestling really 
is I got to tip my hat to world class. I really wasn't exposed to six or eight man tags up in the Northeast. And I'm like, this is good stuff. Yeah. I mean, this is even more action packed. And, and the thing about their, their promos between the Von Erichs and the Freebirds uh, was it seemed real. I mean, it seemed really real. It wasn't like, oh, yeah, I can tell they're acting. No. I, I remember um, they they held a press conference in a, in a hotel, and, um, uh, and, and, and it was a match because it was for the six-man titles. Uh, the Von Erichs won, but then they, uh, the, the, um, the Freebirds said, no, you Von Erichs pinned the wrong guy. So they were like, oh, so they, they held a press conference with the president and blah, 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 and, or, the, or the promoter. Uh, and they then the uh, promoter was like, okay, so uh, we, we went back and viewed the, view, viewed the footage. And, yes, the wrong Von Erich was in the ring with the wrong Freebird, blah, blah, blah. So we're, we're going to give the belts back to the Freebird. But, however, we are going to re-sign this match. And before he could finalize everything, they all start fighting and beating the crap out of each other and throwing chairs in that little thing. And then the guy comes back and says, okay, since the Von Erichs and, Free, and, and Freebirds have done this, uh, instead of awarding the belts back to the Freebirds, I'm stripping the Freebirds of the titles, and they're going to have a match to determine the new champions. And that's how they got to um, to the um, Cotton Bowl. But it was, it was an amazing time how they built angles back then. And uh, I, I just I, I just love world-class championship wrestling. Yeah, I, I and and the Freebirds were the perfect, you know, you know, you know, heels for this. You know, when they hit Freebird for Leonard Skinner every time, and they came down the aisle. I mean, it was just like, okay, <laughs> it's going to be on. Yeah. I mean, and 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 I also think, you know, it worked in world class just because you know Michael Hayes, you know, made everyone aware that the Freebirds were from Georgia you know, from Atlanta GA, and he made it very clear. So you come to Texas, you got Georgia, Texas, you know, you got some of that Southern stuff going as well, and it's just going to be on, and his ring persona going to the ring and just the whole nine yards with the with the Southern look and the flag, and it just worked at that particular time in professional wrestling, and the Von Erichs had the right look. And, hey, the Freebirds had their tussles with others besides the Von Erichs, but yeah. the money – was them there's no doubt the money was definitely people. with the von Erichs because because uh, I, I believe the von, the freebirds actually also had a feud with uh devastation incorporated too there for a while um but mm-hmm. now i now I, I do have another match i want to mention um was uh going back to the freebirds terry gordy uh you know for the longest time it was just the freebirds they 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 wasn't friends with nobody else they didn't like anybody else they were Matter of fact, the Freebirds were really the first, um, and I know back in the in the nineties, uh, I heard this word, I, I heard this word a lot in the locker room, and I hate this word, but um, I would hear the word tweener. Now, some of you listeners at home were like, "What is a tweener?" You know, a tweener is a wrestler who is a babyface but also a heel, so they they call them tweeners. Which I think is a dumb word, but anyway, a tweener. Right. So, but but at the time, the Freebirds were like the first quote tweeners, uh, you know, to, to fit that description, uh, because they when they fought the Von Erichs, man, Texas people hated them, 
But when they fought everybody else, Texas people loved them. So it really depended upon who, who you know, who they were fighting with. Um, but I, I know when the when the Freebirds had their feud with Devastation Incorporated, uh, that was big. But I think the 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 other feud that that they had that was good, um, it, it was with Devastation Incorporated. But it was when Killer Khan, who came over from the Orient uh, or, or from from Japan uh, to be Terry Gordy's, you know, partner. Uh, and then he turns on Terry Gordy and joins Devastation Incorporated. Um, I love that feud between Terry Gordy and um, and Killer Khan. I remember there was a match on television. I can't remember who was in the match, but there was two guys in the ring and they're wrestling. And uh, the referee comes down and says, "Stop the match! Stop the match! Listen, we have got to stop this match for right now because Terry Gordy." And Killer Khan are in the back beating the crap out of each other. And we got to get them to the ring. And uh, so all of a sudden, you you see Terry Gordy come running down the ring. All he's got on is his blue jeans. His shirt's tore off. He's bleeding like a stuck pig. And then here comes Killer Khan into the ring. And then they just start fighting. They're going at it. And then Devastation Incorporated comes down. And the Freebirds come down. And the TV goes off with all of them in the ring fighting. And I'm like... That was amazing. Now, how many times in the world can you ever remember uh, someone starting stopping a match and starting a new match over in its place? I thought that I thought that 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 angle was very amazing. Yeah. I I can't recall of another time that happening, but that's what it was all about, and that was the shock value back then that made you would want to turn tune in the following week. <laughs> yes. And, Trust me, if, if, if world-class championship wrestling came up to the Northeast back in that day, I would have been going to see them. Um, you know, it just they, they had great storylines, and it was uh, it was a great added element to everything that was happening, and they also respected the NWA as well. And when that, when that title came in a couple of times a year, the world championship, it just added that much more to the promotion as well. Yeah, for sure. Now, Chris, what was your uh, third match? Well, it, it was pretty much the same as yours. I, I'm, I'm gonna. I had written down, um, you know, for me, I, the Von Erich Three Bird Six Man Tag July of '83, the two out of three falls match that they uh, that they had, um, which ironically the Freebirds came out to Georgia on my mind was the song. Yeah, <laughs> they came out to in Dallas, uh, to wherever it was in Texas, um, and and. Uh, that really got the crowd going. I'm sure, I'm uh-huh. sure, but that's who Michael Hayes was in the ring, um, you yeah. know, and, and that's the way it was. It was going to be, but you know, classic six man match, and um, you know, as I'm reading through it, I actually watched the match. I mean, the crowd is just it it it's over the whole time. I mean, it, it didn't matter every single move that the Von Erichs did; they were going crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it could have been just a a simple back body drop in the place be going absolutely bonkers. I mean, yeah. and you just don't see that today in professional wrestling. These guys today have to literally kill themselves in the ring, you know, to get the fans to cheer. Where back then, I mean, it was just like craziness. I mean, a clothesline or a body slam in the place was going absolutely nuts. And that was just the believable part of it that accompanied the storyline. You know, week in and week out. Yeah. What, 
one of the scenes of from world class championship wrestling that I always uh, see in my mind, and I think it's the friggin' coolest, is uh, Terry Gordy is on the floor and he's arguing with a fan, and the fan is like up in his face, and Terry just shoves this guy down. And the guy goes back about three rows, and when the guy gets up. He, the guy puts his cigarette back in his mouth. <laughs> and I thought that was the funniest thing. Like, this guy's drunk as crap. Uh, Terry Gordy pushes him down three rows back, and the guy gets up and puts his cigarette back in his mouth. And I was like, whoa, I just got pushed down by uh, Terry Gordy. Um, pretty amazing stuff. Um, but there, there, there were so many more things that happened in world class that we can definitely have more podcasts on, which is why I want, oh. I want to dedicate the whole month of uh, January uh, to talk world class championship wrestling. Now, one more match, uh, and I, and I, and I know you, that 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 you have a fourth one that that you want to throw in, um, but I, I, at this point, I do as well. Another great feud that uh, that we didn't talk about was the feud between uh chris adams and kevin von eric oh <laughs> i mean <laughs> they had classic matches I, I i mean back in the day i mean whether they were television matches on saturday or they were at their their you know major events throughout the year i mean chris adams was a thorn in the side of the von erics for a good number of years yeah. Um, and, you know, and especially Kevin, you know, you know, Von Eric, and it, it was great that they intertwined other talent. And like I said, it, it really wasn't that hard. I think the Von Erics were just so over. You could have threw anyone, anybody in there <laughs> in and sell a ticket <laughs> and the place was going to be going crazy. And that's just the way it was. I mean, those people loved it and they knew if the Von Erics were being cheated on, they got robbed, ripped off, whatever. You're you're gonna pay. I don't know how some of those guys got out of the arena. Some of those nights, Tony. Uh, me neither. I mean, <laughs> uh, you know, funny, they must have put them in box trucks and let them, yeah. them out of there. Well, funny thing is, uh, one night I was on a show and I was talking to Kevin Von Erich about this, and I said, Kevin, one of the craziest things I ever saw was the fact that um, when when it, it was at Texas Stadium. Uh, you and uh, Chris Adams had a match, a singles match, and of course, tell him a draw or whatever disqualification. I can't remember now, but the match was over. I said, and you, you, you told Chris, you said, listen, Chris, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a forgiving guy. I tell you what, if you fire Gary Hart, I'll let bygones be bygones. Uh, we'll, we'll forget everything happened between us, and we'll patch our friendship up. But you got to fire Gary Hart. I said, and then you, you, you went to shake his hand. You shook his hand, you turned your back, and he nailed the crap out of you with a with a wooden chair. And he said, that son of a bitch gave me a concussion when he did that. He said, he hit me with that chair so hard, the chair busted, uh, busted my head open, and I had to leave Texas Stadium and go get stitched up to come and then come back later on and have another match. He said, and wow. He said, yeah. He said, accidents happen. <clears throat> he said, Chris felt felt terrible about it, but I told him, you know, make it look good. Make it look as real as you can. He said, but I didn't know he was going to try to kill me. <laughs> kill me at the same time. But it, but he said, wow. it, but he said Chris was very intense. You know, he's a very intense guy. And uh, yeah, he was. And, so and, I was and, like, and, wow. And whether he was on the microphone or in the ring or whatever the 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 storyline was, he absolutely was. But now throughout I, his career, 
and 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 I'll tell you one more team that I like too, and that was the handsome half breed Gino Hernandez and Chris Adams, the dynamic duo. Um, I love them, and and I loved how World Class would would like put together these little music videos. And at the time, "Bad to the Bone" was one of my favorite songs, and that was their theme song. And they uh, done like like this workout video showing like a life and like 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 life in the day of Chris Adams and Gino Hernandez, and they'd pull up at the gym in their Corvette, go in and have a great workout, then get back in their Corvette and hit the town. Um, they they pretty much had the Horseman persona before the Horseman did. Absolutely, and 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 you kind of intertwined into my fourth moment I wanted to talk about when it came to world-class championship wrestling as we were intertwining with gentleman Chris Adams and and you know something that's always resonated with me was I'm never ever going to forget the world-class episode I I tuned in on a a, a random Saturday morning whatever it was and at the top of the show they said we have sad news Gino Hernandez has, has passed away and if you didn't know who Gino Hernandez was, if you didn't follow World Class Championship Wrestling, I truly thought he had the the, the charisma, the skill, the look. I thought that this guy could be an NWA potentially World Heavyweight Champion here. Oh, for sure. This guy had a chance to yes. make a run, without a doubt. And 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 I'm talking singles competition. Him and Chris Adams made an awesome tag team. They had a great image, a great gimmick going, but Gino Hernandez has, I don't think Gino Hernandez knew how over he was. And unfortunately, his lifestyle outside of the ring superseded what he was doing in the ring. And I think things happened so quickly in his fast-paced lifestyle, it caught up to him at once. But I really, really thought, wow, this guy here has got the look. He, he could get in the ring potentially with Flair, guys in the WWF, with the Von Erics. I, this guy is someone that they could push, and you and we would never know. And I think there was so much upside potential there. It, it was just unreal. Yeah, I agree. Uh, there, there was so much that uh, they uh, could have done more um, <clears throat> with 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 him. Um, but I, I think uh, I'm, I'm like you. He he partied a lot. But I also saw an interview one time with Gary Hart, and Gary believes that maybe Gino didn't really die on his own, that maybe he was, you know, got caught up in the cartel. Um, you know, who knows? He said, but uh, but he, he said, but Gino was a lost soul that he never could save. And that, yeah, and, and that Gino was- dying was, was the hardest of of all the talent that he's ever worked with that died, Gino bothered him the most. Yeah, I mean it, ha- it happened so quickly. I mean, I was in shock when I was watching it. I mean, for the announcers and 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 and, and you know, is, is this believable? Is this really happening? Is this you know, is, you know, is this part of a storyline? I mean, I obviously it wasn't, but it was like you just didn't see it every day, and there was so much tragedy that hit world-class championship wrestling, and I'm sure we'll touch on more of it over the next several weeks here, but that one has always stuck with me for whatever reason it has, and I'm just mm-hmm. like, because I think since we were so much there, and you just would never know, but he was, uh, 
there was a lot of potential, and, and him and Chris Adams as a tag team, absolutely, and, and the people, I kind of almost think they love to hate him. Oh, a yeah, little bit for as sure. Because well. uh, uh, I think there were some girls that were checking Gino Hernandez out as well. Back oh, in the, uh, yeah, all, all the <laughs> back time. Back in the day. And and the cool thing was, at that time, Gino and Chris Adams, they, you know, at the time, 84, 85, uh, the, the big movie, or, or not really movie, but, but the, the most famous movie star at the time was Tom Cruise. Tom was really starting to get out there, uh, and he had that, you know, feathered back, cut off haircut deal, and Gino and Chris had the same haircut, um, and they almost looked, and it, actually, Gino really, to me, looked a lot like Tom Cruise, I thought. You know, very handsome guy, perfect hair, perfect body, perfect everything. Uh, the man could talk. He was so talented, but unfortunately his demons uh, got the best of him, and we lost him far too soon because I think he was only 28. They really, they were – go ahead, sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, I was going to say, I, I think he was only like 28 or 29 years old when he died. Yeah, oh, yeah, very, very young in his career. His career just starting, yeah. uh, you know, literally. Uh, and, and really, and if I'm about correct, a week or ten days prior – to his unfortunate passing was when he blinded Chris Adams. If I'm not, yeah, yeah, they, mistaken. They, yeah, and, they they broke up and Chris had turned back babyface and they they were going to have a really good feud, uh, and they ended up, um, you know, doing that gimmick that you know he he blinded him with the with the freebird hair cream uh, gimmick, and um, but also at the time I, I believe Chris was in trouble like behind the scenes. I think he'd got in trouble for drugs. Uh, so he was going to go back to England for a while and just kind of chill out and let and let 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 the smoke clear. Uh, but before he could leave, uh, that that is when Chris passed away. I mean, I'm sorry, not Chris, but Gino passed away, uh, and they pretty much just you know fizzled off that feud. And Chris Adams left for a while, and then he came back. You know, you know, a little bit later on. But uh, but he, to my opinion, I don't think Chris ever really got the push anymore. Uh, after the the tragedy of Gino Hernandez, no, no, I, I would, I would, I would say not. But, 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 but boy, you know, you if, and for if for his unfortunate passing, what where where that feud could have went between Adams and Gino as well, uh, who probably knows each other better in the ring than them two. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it was just like wow, it just. There's numerous unfortunate things that happened to world class beside all their upside that they have. And I know we'll touch upon more on it, but something I did want to mention that did resonate with me. I don't want to, I know we talked about a lot of great things in world class, but I thought that particular moment was a, a, a shock for me as, you know, a 15 year old, you know, wrestling fan yes. watching that on television. You know, it was a shock and, and it was like, wow, you feel like you're almost, like a part of this almost, you know, watching this every week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and you, you, and, and because of the way they, that they done their interviews and stuff, you you felt like you were invested and you felt like, like, like you were part of the show. I mean, I did. Um, uh, but I, you know, I love world-class championship wrestling. Like I said, I'm, I'm so excited to be able to do this series, uh, on the whole month of January. Uh, I know this week, um, it, it's just been Chris and I, Jeff is not with us. Uh, unfortunately, I got a, a message from Jeff earlier before we started uh, recording the podcast that he was under the weather. Uh, so Chris and I like to wish Jeff uh, a speedy recovery. 
no fans. He does not have COVID. I will tell you that. Uh, he does have a, right. a bad. Good. Yeah, he he's got. A, he told me he had a sinus infection and, and his voice. He he felt like his voice wasn't up to par uh, to record. But he hopes to be back next week. So we hope Jeff will be back with us next week. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, you you fans can go back and uh, we're, t- today is our first episode of season three. Uh, podcast now been going on for three seasons. I'm excited about that. And then in the coming weeks, Chris and I will um, uh, will uh, let everyone know about uh, another podcast that we're going to be starting for all of our fans that like uh, 80s rock and roll. Uh, so that, that podcast will be um, airing here in the next uh, two or three weeks. So I'm excited about that as well. Uh, Chris, you got any parting words before we go off the air tonight? Well, you know, I'm so glad we're into 2021 now, Tony. Uh, you know, what a great show. We, you, you really, we turned back the clock here to the early mid-80s and, and to Texas wrestling and world-class championship wrestling. I'm excited about the next few episodes as well because we're going to be talking about some wrestling that we haven't talked about in a really long time and, and talking about some wrestlers that did some great things in the wrestling industry. I know we always talk about WWF and NWA and, and you know everything else, but world-class was certainly a gem in the Lone Star State of Texas. And I, I can't wait to talk more about these guys and what they did for professional wrestling, you know, on, on a, on a grander level. Yeah. And the cool thing about this series is I hope that, that we can uh, educate uh, some of our new listeners out there, uh, but also some of the ones that, um, that watched world-class with us. Uh, we can hopefully rekindle some of your great memories of that great um, organization. And uh, I'm hoping to maybe get a world-class championship wrestling alumni on the very last episode that we do uh, with COVID going on and and all the crazy things in the world. I I can't guarantee it, but I am going to do my best to try and get uh, someone that was in world-class championship wrestling, get them on the show uh, to share some stories uh, with with you and, and us. Um, so I'm going to work on that and see what I can do. But in the meantime, make sure that you go like our Facebook page and, uh, subscribe to our, uh, YouTube channel and also, um, uh, download each and every episode on your favorite podcast platform for Chris. I am Tony. We will see you next week here on the binge buster show. Thank you for listening to The Binge Buster Show. Make sure you like us on Facebook and download us on your favorite podcast platform.